Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen, back with you on 610 AM ESPN Radio, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, we got the Sixers scheduled this week. The Phillies have kept me up late, continuing to struggle out on the West Coast. I did watch the whole Eagles preseason game last night and Sad. the post game. Yes, I have challenges. I don't know what you want me to say about that. We can get into it. I, I just My wife stares at me the way you're looking at me right now. Like, really? You're that guy? Yeah, I'm that guy, okay? Uh-huh. Got a problem with it? Uh, apparently, you like uh, Mr. Evans. Well, if the callers would like... I did I, I watch I watched long enough. And, and I guarantee you, most people listening have no idea Nobody who he kept is. the, the TV nobody on long stayed enough, to, on long enough to see Dane Evans. No, they didn't. Yeah. I did. If you did, you have the same problems as Jeff. And, I mean, as Jason. You can call in and yeah. you can tell me about these problems that you have. Yeah. You, if you want to join us in the conversation about this, some of the reaction from the players this week to the national news, in the second segment, we will play part two of our interview with the doctor who discovered CTE, Bennett Omalu. He will give you some information about youth sports, which I know is something that's interesting to you, Jeff. If you're a parent, if you're coaching kids, or if you're going to be a parent, this is something you seriously should listen to. If you want to join in on the conversation and have a take, you can join us at 888-728-9941. You did forget one sport, though. What did I forget? Boxing. Boxing. So we had right. we, we had Vidal Rivera on last week. He's fighting the pride, tomorrow night. Pride of Camden is now the co-main event. It's, it so, must be this show. He y- appeared on the show and now he's moving up on the card. Right? Yep. So uh, I think that the Heart of Sports should wish uh, well to uh, Vidal Rivera and that he will be seven and zero come tomorrow evening. That would be great, and we will make sure to have an update next week on, on what a local guy's doing to make some news. Go to Val. Go Vidal. Go for it. Uh, so uh, can't speak. Okay. Here's the thing. I dislike preseason football greatly. I yeah, watch it. Yeah, you can tell. I watch it because uh-huh. I watch football. Yeah. But the That's over, not football. The, no, it's not. But it's, right. it's a, an attempt at it. The overreaction of people <laughs> from a preseason game. Like, if yeah. you turned on the radio today or went outside. They are going to win the Super Bowl now. Because of the defense. But the offense mm-hmm. won't be able to go two feet and right. won't be able to convert a third down. Mm-hmm. That's all I learned last night. The defense is now the best thing no, ever. No, you learned that today from listening to the radio. Well, I knew it last from night last... by following Eagles Twitter. Okay. Okay, I, I was hyped up because mm-hmm. Super Bowl, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, can we stop that now? No. What do you want to talk first, offense or defense? Prefaced by well, this is bo- preseason football. Both of them football. are the best ever. This is preseason football, yeah. and there is some sarcasm. All right. Offense, offensive line struggled last night. Yeah. Um, not surprised. LeGarrette Blunt. I'm fine if he never runs an outside sweep ever. He caught a pass. He did catch a pass. I think he's caught like 40 in his career. He did catch a pass. Yeah. I laugh at the people who say, why isn't he putting his head down and running up the middle in a preseason game? Well, like, you preserve, want, preserve you yourself. You want him to get killed? Did anybody listen to Dr. Pre- Amalo last pre- week? Preserve yourself. Like, yeah. this is the preseason. Right. You know, I'm okay with that. But um, it, to me, he's got to be your power back up the middle. And, and right. I still don't see the Eagles grooming anybody as a fullback. To be a lead blocker for him, and if, if well, that's because he's on Temple. Jeff Collins is going to get him to the get NFL, him a fullback. And the Eagles are going to take. That's him, right. Yeah. We'll have uh-huh. a fullback for him. Uh, how much of the game did you watch last night? Uh, until Carson Wentz threw his last pass. So you saw four drives. Pretty much. What were your thoughts on those four drives? The offense looked like the worst offense in the NFL, and the defense was the best ever. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> good, good thing that you have a nice measured reaction uh, to what you look, saw. Look, you can tell so little, from, especially on the offensive side, 
from watching preseason football. They are not running the plays that they are going to run the first week of the regular season, right? I think everybody knows they're not exactly giving anything away during a preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. So what are you looking for when you're watching? I guess you're what you're looking for is the offensive line to at least seeing if they're gelling. You did and not that, see that last year. No, time. you didn't see that. You did but not but see I'm that not worried all. about it. Most of these guys have played together before. Yes. So uh, if if it had been five new guys or four new guys, then I'd be more concerned. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm an Eagles fan, I am not concerned about the offensive line based on how they did against the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Uh, I'd like to see more plays regarding the tight ends mm-hmm. i think that's probably the concern as in not keeping them to block having them go out and pass patterns what do you i want them in, i want them in pass patterns okay. uh, I, I mean i think that's where zach excels he's not a, he's not, not a, a blocking tight end and that's i i keep feeling like the eagles are trying to make some of their players into something they're not right running legarrett blonde out in a sweep outside keeping zach Ertz in the block like you have a blocking tight end it's not zach Ertz. look they they tried the legarrett blunt passing play that's the last you're going to see of it. Yeah, that's not going to be in the yeah. playbook regularly. Uh-huh. What would you think of Carson Wentz? They kept. I was surprised they kept him in for a fourth drive after he got sacked on the third drive. Because all I care about in preseason is that they that he's not get hurt. out healthy. Right. And when somebody's at your feet and taking you down, I would have been okay if I didn't see him for that fourth drive that gave them a little bit of confidence. So Carson Wentz did great. He he's got he's healthy. healthy. Yes. Right. And that's all that matters. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did we survive without Jordan Matthews last night? I think so. We did. Yeah. He did not play. He had Alshon Jeffrey made a nice catch. He did. Um, I think it is again as long as he's healthy, he's going to be really good. Uh, Jordan Matthews got a chip fracture in his sternum. Yeah. In his first practice with you, the Bills. You know, you know what I hate though. I hate when people say, "See, we got rid of him just, just in time. time." Like that. Like that same injury was going to happen the exact same the way next day in the Eagles practice. Exactly. If you didn't make that trade, right. it, it would have happened here, and he'd have been same out, time. and then you wouldn't have had mm-hmm. a wide receiver or a defensive back, yeah. right? What I thought was weird was the lukewarm reception he got from Lashawn McCoy. Uh, you mean lukewarm as in he's not as good as Sammy Watkins? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the way to Why would you do lukewarm. What kind of leader is he? Look, all I know is LaShawn bought 200 cheesesteaks last night, okay? Right. So that's leadership in my eyes. No, that's just being hungry. I mean, anybody who's willing to buy 200 cheesesteaks is a leader in my <laughs> well, opinion. Well, it depends. Where do you buy them from? I didn't look that far. I well, see, that matters. Okay, well, we can debate that on the air one yeah. day where you should get it from. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the defense a little bit. Uh, Ronald Darby. Not a quiet debut. No, I thought he. I, I, I'm impressed by him. Uh, I know where you're going to go next. You're going to say he dropped that pass. He's um, easily the best defensive back on this team in cornerback. Yes. I mean, it just Sadly. he stepped on yeah. the field and he immediately. Was, I think Douglas will, will be good. I think he's going to he's going to have his. Growing he's going to be your fourth quarterback cornerback. Yeah, he's going to have his growing pains. I mean, mm-hmm. to me, that's not the concern. The line looked really good. They were getting a lot of pressure. They're getting double teams. And people are getting open as a result. I think they got depth there. So I think that's great. The linebacking court just reeks to me. They're just not good. And Michael Kendricks had his best game that he's had in a while. Yeah, but don't tell me, you know, he he had that interception. It was a tip at the line. So it wasn't like he was out in pass coverage. He was just trying to market himself to get out of Philadelphia. <laughs> he's like, yeah, trade me. It's okay. Sure. Okay. Get- well, nobody wants you, so you're going to be staying here. I mean, I wish he could play like that because mm-hmm. they, they need a linebacker who's going to be aggressive like they that. They need linebackers. And, and that's what Eagles fans were hoping for out of him years ago when he was the dirty bird and everybody was going crazy about what he is and what he could do. The, the, if the corners have to cover more because of him, it opens other things up, and that's what concerns me. 
is not having those linebackers in the middle who can clog things up and cover a lot of great. The big thing with him is he just doesn't do well in pass protection. No. And in today's NFL, if this were 20 years ago, he'd be a really good linebacker for 20 years ago. Now, with the amount of passing and the cutting that goes over the middle, that's where the big weakness is, and that's where the strength is of most offenses. Lots of pressure from Derek Barnett. Mm-hmm. Two sacks, or three sacks in two games so far. Brandon uh, Graham. Brandon Graham. Same thing. You you had um, you had means at the end of the game making an impact. Cox was getting a lot of pressure. He was all up in the quarterback mm-hmm. space, and that's what you want to see from your defensive line. Now, in the they will they get the sacks during the regular season? That's that was the problem last season. They always Graham was always in the quarterback's lap. But he got the pressure rather than the sack. Well, I, I think they're going to have more sacks. The question is, are they going to get pressure enough that it'll make the cornerbacks and the safeties look better? We'll have to see about that. Yeah. What, what is the depth chart at running back right now on this team? Blunt. Who should never run a sweep again. Correct. Okay. I still think Smallwood is probably second on there. Ahead He's of Sproles? Yeah, I, th- I think you're going to have Sproles a lot of times uh, lined out wide. Okay. Um, and then I think the surprise is going to be Clement. So you think he's going to make the team? Who I doesn't? Do. You think Marshall doesn't make the yeah. team? So you think that they keep four running backs and then Pumphrey is well, running five. back in special yeah. teams? Mm-hmm. So five running backs, mm-hmm. but four that are dedicated running backs. Pumphrey will be your special teams option. And yeah. sort of as a, long as he doesn't fumble the ball again. You and... Uh, it has nothing to do with anything other than his hands. Let me make that perfectly clear. <laughs> He's not, not catching the speech? ball well, and apparently the team noticed too. <laughs> Details. Yeah. Details. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've had some some good laughs about what happened. It's preseason. Yep. Um, next week they, they have camp with uh, Miami, mm-hmm. and then they'll play a preseason game against Miami here at home. So what's the over-under on how long it takes before somebody gets in a fight with Sue? Oh, uh, I could see that happening pretty quickly. <laughs> I mean, he's he's that's his yeah. personality. That's, uh-huh. that's what it is. I, I like the idea of them playing uh, against another team in camp. We had talked about that, New England bringing other teams in. and I'd, I would rather they get rid of all the preseason games, add a couple regular season games, and just do this camp thing. Do we really need to go see preseason games? The NFL now recognizes nobody wants to see it. But coaches don't make want money off of it. They can find another way. Add two regular season games, they'll be fine. Add another playoff game, they'll be fine. Anything other than playing meaningless football for seven well, minutes and then the rest of the game. According to Demar Smith, they're headed to Armageddon in 2021. So, if if you're the head of the union, why are you looking to make yourself the bad guy four years before the contract's up? There's no upside to doing this except making the NFLPA look bad. Here's what puzzled me. They could have talked about one of their players, Colin Kaepernick, who in light of what's going on this week still is not on a team, despite the fact that Baltimore has brought in three quarterbacks not named Joe Flacco and not named Colin Kaepernick. Or Dane Evans, for that matter. Dane Evans. Maybe they're waiting for him. He's not going to fit here, though. (laughs) But DeMar Smith said nothing about that this week. No. But he was out there talking about a potential lockout. Five years from now. And, fi- from and now. fighting over Ezekiel Elliott's suspension. And who's leaking information to yeah. the press. Yeah, that and was very disheartening. For our, the whole fight was For our listeners who, who weren't, aren't aware, so Ezekiel Elliott was suspended. He appealed. 
somebody seemed to leak information about the accuser uh, to try and shape the narrative as he goes into his appeal. The NFL, the NFL got accused mad. the NFLPA of doing it in a press release. The NFLPA fired back with a very uh, terse response to the league. Is this that, the precursor to the labor stoppage? I don't know. Is I, this where things escalate? Yeah, but you still have four years. I so, know. It's a long so, time so for this to happen. So what's the point? And with it's like political to... elections where you start running for the next one after the first one ends. Right. Like, are we there now? Are we at that point where four years out, everything is going to fall into the context of the union and the league fighting? Man, I hope not, because that is not good for any sport. It's not good for anybody. It's just nobody benefits from that at all. So they didn't say anything about Colin Kaepernick. He's still not on a team. Mm -hmm. And this was a trying week in the country with lots of reaction from sports figures, what did we see in Philadelphia here, Jeff? This was a difficult week for everybody um, in in our nation and abroad, even what happened yesterday. But with regard to what happened here was that at least Malcolm Jenkins has decided to continue his stand by raising his fist during the national anthem. He's still standing. He's raising his fist. And, and uh, just personally, uh, I don't know why people at this point, considering what is going on in this country, right now can be upset with Colin Kaepernick for kneeling. That's all he's done. He's not disrespecting anybody. I understand the what the flag means. I wouldn't do it this way, but I certainly understand that with what everything that's going on, that a form of protest or a form of recognition that things have got to get better is a necessary thing. And Malcolm Jenkins merely raised his fist, and Chris Long uh, came next to him, stood next to him, and then put his arm around him. And it, it was a great – Chris Long is going to be a good leader at the, for the Eagles. Chris Long's from Charlottesville. So yes, this, and went to the University of Virginia. And went to the University of Virginia. Yeah. So th- this hit home for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said after the game last night, I'm here for Malcolm, and I think it's a good time for people who look like me to be here fighting for people fighting for equality. So that, that was what he said after the game. But then he expanded a little bit, uh, and, and he talked about the people who don't want to hear him have an opinion. So I just want to read that real fast for you. Some people are tired of hearing me tweet because they want me to stick to football, but I like to use social media like I was a regular guy because I think I am. I don't tell people to stick to their job when they, t- they want to talk politics, and this isn't political. That's the thing. Everybody's trying to turn this political. This isn't a political issue. This is right or wrong. I believe you're on one side or the other. For me, being from Charlottesville, no one wants to see you sit idly by and watch that stuff happen and not say anything. Is that is that what people want from their athletes? I, I thought it was a bold stand for him to come out there. He hasn't understood this from the start. He's When comments were made about Kaepernick's hair, he talked about how he had a mullet. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't understood or agreed with what's going on with Kaepernick and the NFL and the judgments that have been made from the start. So this isn't totally surprising that he would stand up and speak it's not surprising at all what do you think the reaction is to the fan i think that there is a segment of fans who believe that people that 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 football players and basketball players and athletes in general same thing with actors by the way that they should just do their job and be quiet and i don't know why anybody should be quiet why why do we assume that athletes shouldn't be or aren't educated enough to set, to understand what is going on and be able to comment. Athletes, actors, lawyers, doctors, anyone should be able and should say 
what's on their mind. Just make sure that you are informed before you say it. And with everything that we have seen this week in this country, everybody should make sure that they are educated and everybody should speak out because, because as Chris Long said, this is not a political issue. This is right or wrong. And this country, there is much more good than there is bad. And it is important for every person to stand up and say something and stand up and be counted. Because if we don't, we're going to have real problems. And there's so much good. And these athletes that are standing up like Chris Long and Malcolm Jenkins are doing it for the right reasons. Why would we not want them to speak? This isn't going away regardless of whether Colin Kaepernick plays in the NFL or not. No. It's not going away. But And people have to stop acting like if, you know, I want my sports to not be tainted by somebody interfering with it and not being about sports. Sports have always been a catalyst for people to make political statements. So for you to not act like that's the case is to not acknowledge reality in history. No. I, 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 me personally, I would like more athletes to stand up. I just like to make sure that it's done in a positive way because – because there are well, so many kids everybody's watching. Everybody's definition of positive is different at this point, right. though. And that's, that's the, the challenge is that it's it's become subjective. What well, one person thinks is positive, another person disagrees with. But it goes to the next level of being an indictment on the individual rather than an opinion that the individual has. I, I always, when I was involved with politics, I used to say, I like to disagree without being disagreeable. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're bad. I just think you're wrong. And and there's a difference. Mm-hmm. You can You can have a difference of opinion and not come from a place with bad intentions. Right. And I, and I think that's what Colin Kaepernick, I don't think he meant to do anything wrong or he meant to do anything that would be offensive. Uh, but, but I think, I guess my question would be if all of the players in the NFL, if each team, they all put their arms around each other or they all came with, with vigil candles and immediately after the national anthem was done, would that visual have the same impact? As somebody kneeling, I think people would have the same reaction. They they, they just don't, well, people are looking for problems. They just don't want. There's a certain segment of people who don't want their sports influenced or interfered with. No, it's entertainment, and and that's not entertaining. There's a them. group of people that are that were listening to this when we first started this a few minutes ago that probably turned it off. I don't want to hear that, but, and I don't want to hear it. And, yeah, and and that's been part of our thing is that this is our for people. We want people to get away from everything else and just kind of talk sports or listen to sports, call in whatever you want to do. But this issue has is so big; it's bigger than all of us, and and we need to say something. Is there a better representation of people coming together in a melting pot than sports leagues no i mean if you look at integration what started what was a big influence in integration jackie robinson right Mm -hmm. i think everybody would agree to that sports has been at the forefront of integration and it brings people together and and, it gives them for social change yes along the way and and it also gives people a sense of community where they might not other might not otherwise have any any bond to each other it's it is it's an, an important thing. I mean, look what's now going on in Boston with with them wanting to change Yawkey Way. This conversation is going to go on in communities around the country, and it should. And people may not want to have it. It may not be comfortable, but lack of comfort does not mean it's not an issue to be discussed. And at some point, people are going to have to sort of talk about this and figure out where they stand and. I get it. You you will just want to watch the game. 
But the people playing the game go out and live in the same communities that you do and see the same challenges and same problems. And when the game starts, nobody's doing anything. No. So if they want, if they want to do this before the game, have your moment of thinking about it. Then you have you you'll have your same three hours of being able to just mindlessly turn, watch the television and drink your beer and have your hot dog, and nobody will be bothered. And you can have a good time. And and look, I mean that's people are going to make their own judgments as this goes forward. Mm-hmm. When we come back on this show next week, is Colin Kaepernick going to have a job? I'm saying yes. I'm saying that that the same owners who have been saying no because they're worried are going to look at this, and I think at least a couple of them are going to look in the mirror and say, well, that's rather hypocritical of me because I stood up this week and said something. I'll be impressed with your, if you're right, but I'd be surprised. This is the heart of sports on 6 You'd be surprised sports. if I was right? Is that what you're telling me? About that. Oh, okay. I mean, you're right about things, but not necessarily about that. Okay. See, here I was trying to take it to break, and then you, like, our producer behind <laughs> oh, the class is going to gonna lose his mind back there. When we come back from break, you'll hear part two of our interview with Dr. Bennett Amalu talking about the movie Concussion and Youth Sports. If you want to join in the conversation after that, you can call 888-728-9941. Stay with us. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at one 337 3339 or visit on the web at org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is the Heart of Sports on 610 AM. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. Jeff, we played part one of our interview with Dr. Bennett Amalu last week where we talked about uh, his discovery of CTE and his struggles uh, trying to raise awareness of it to the NFL. Pretty heavy conversation. It was, but but it was an important half of conversation to now have the second half of that conversation. So why don't you preview what's in part two that our listener is going to hear now? So he's going to talk just shortly about the movie, okay? And then he's going to jump to youth uh, sports. And I think everybody, again, who is a parent or is going to be a parent, should listen to this. I'm not saying that you should definitely do what he's doing, what he's suggesting, but you should at least have all the information, just like we were talking about in the prior segment. And so we'll hear part two of our interview now, and then we'll come back and talk about it afterwards. In the past, I've heard you say that Hollywood itself is a powerful agent of change. How do you believe that that seed has grown since the movie, and how has that changed the dialogue on CTE and brain injuries itself? There's no question about it. The movie made an impact. In fact, I call it the Will Smith effect, (laughs) (laughs) WSE. 
I, no I'm, about I'm it. sitting here with a, an attorney that does trademark work. If you want to work on, <laughs> on getting that for yourself, we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> that movie, that movie, what what we couldn't do in 15 years, that movie did in one year. That movie is an extremely successful movie because what that movie did, it changed the discourse. And it permeated, it made the, 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 the subject permeate every fabric of society, right from the Congress to the student in first grade in elementary school. So it brought that, to, it brought that into America's consciousness. And finally, people began to discuss it openly. So I give the movie so much credit. In fact, I think the movie has been very successful, not Bennett Pamal. Do you believe Because without the movie I may not have been able to write this book. Do you believe that the movie has put too much of a focus on CTE and not the other brain injuries or traumatic injuries that can occur? I I, I wouldn't blame the movie for that. I would okay. blame doctors. And I'll tell you why. You know, there's this conformational disposition we as a society have. So what I think happened, many doctors out there saw my narrative and believed that my narrative was essentially launched by CTE. And they began to regenerate that same narrative for themselves. So where you where your goal was not to make it about yourself, but to make it about the larger issue of the health and the individuals, you believe that some doctors tried to, to take it and make a name for themselves off of this disease? Yes, doctors and organizations and institutions. So what that has led us to is some type of indirect obsession with CTE. But CTE is just one disease in a broad spectrum of diseases caused by brain damage from trauma. In fact, we see more types of brain damage outside CTE. Am I making sense? Yes. Actually, in fact, uh, when Jeff follows up after this, he's going to go into youth sports and, and ask you about that, about the injuries that you see. I mean, obviously, the focus is on football, but... It, it seemed from what I learned uh, researching you was, for you, it wasn't about a sport. It was about an action. It was about the action of the trauma to the brain. And it didn't matter the medium that it was occurring, which sport it was. You were trying to deal with that trauma aspect and the long-term repercussions, if I understood it. You're right. You're right. Because sometimes some detractors would tell Malu is attacking football. No, that is not true. The issue is, uh, is that in every human activity, whereby the human head is exposed to repeated blows, there is a 100% risk exposure to brain damage with or without CTE. So for football, because when we play football, blows to the head is inherent to each and every play in football. Football exposes the human head to repeated blows of the head. This is not about concussions, by the way. 
you can suffer brain damage without ever suffering one single concussion, like Mike Webster. Mike Webster never suffered any documented concussion. And doc, Dr. Amal, that is an important point that I don't want people to glance over. The, re- the reason being, I, I've been involved with youth sports for a long time. And, and head injuries is something that only recently are we, we focusing on. But, but I've talked to parents, uh, of young children, kids that are anywhere from eight to, to 15. And one of the things that I have heard repeatedly from parents is, while they're now cognizant of CTE and they're now cognizant of concussion and concussion protocol, parents seem to think, or have taken the position that as long as their son or their daughter doesn't suffer a concussion, isn't diagnosed with a concussion, that everything is okay. And, and I think that's it's one of the things that Jason and I learned from your book, and we wanted you to talk a little bit more because youth sports is what is important, at least for us. If you, When you're an adult, as you said in your book, when you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. When you're yes. your child, somebody else is making those decisions for you. And in order to make a good decision, you you have to, as you say, tell the truth, and and you have to understand it. And there's nobody better to help understand that than you, if you could explain the yes. difference to the parents that may be listening. Okay. The issue really is uh, an anatomic deficiency in our bodies unfortunately. And I think as a Christian, God may have made it that way. God created us to be intellectual animals, not physical animals. God created us to think. And the human brain, which is made up of about 60 to 80 percent water and has about 200 billion cells, the human brain floats freely inside the human skull. And in fact, there are spaces inside the human brain that look like balloons. We call them the ventricles. That give the brain some brilliancy to float like a balloon inside your skull. So whenever you have a blow to your head or a sudden acceleration, deceleration, your brain bounces around inside your skull and around the midline to suffer acceleration, deceleration, sharing injuries that may not manifest as a concussion. We call them sub-concussions. And that is a type of brain damage. If I examine the brain on a microscopic level, it is brain damage. Your brain is microscopically damaged. So you think about it. In one game of football, your son's or daughter's head may be exposed to, let's say, 50 hits. Then he plays for one season from 50, goes to hundreds. He plays for several years, it goes to thousands. This is the brain of a human being. The brain does not have any reasonable capacity to regenerate or rejuvenate itself. Regenerate or rejuvenate itself. It is a post-mitotic organ. It's not like the liver. If you take out one quarter of your liver, it regrows. But I've done an autopsy on somebody 
who's, um, who, had it, who had half of his liver removed. He died many, many years later. I didn't even see any evidence that half of his liver was ever removed. Okay. But the brain does not have that capacity. So, so, so if you suffer a concussion, um, multiple sub-concussions, when you're five years old, if you live to be 70, I will show you evidence of those sub-concussions in your brain if I examine your So you brain. can see the concussions from when a five-year-old got them at 70 years old? Yes. And, and 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 what happens it's um the the most severe and the most forceful each impact and the more repeated the blows are the greater the likelihood you suffer brain damage and the greater the, the severity of the brain damage but there is a certain threshold the brain reaches. We do not know what that threshold is. In some people, it could be just one major blow. In some, it could be multiple. In some people, it could be several. So, if that doctor, if that happens, um, what, at what point would you recommend that kids get involved in contact sports? We know that that for children, your brain's not fully developed yet, and it doesn't fully develop until adulthood. And I, 18 years old. And now, does that apply to, not, you know, we've talked about football, but I want to be clear to everybody that's listening that this isn't about football, at least as I understand it. This is any contact sport you're talking about. You're talking about ice hockey, lacrosse, anything that involves any type of contact head trauma, right? That these are the high-impact, high-contact sports whereby blows to the head is inherent to the play, meaning you cannot take the head out of the game. For example, you cannot take the head out of football. You cannot take the head out of ice hockey. You cannot take the head out of rugby. You cannot take the head out of boxing. You cannot take the head out of mixed martial arts. You cannot take the head out of wrestling. And so is your yeah. argument not to do it or to be aware of the risks if you're going to? Uh, no, my argument is not really my argument. My position so, has not, not always been. Yes, yeah, your position. My position has always been and remains that no child under the age of 18 in America today should play the high-impact, high-contact sports and the big six are American football, ice hockey, mixed martial arts, rugby, boxing, and wrestling. And so what do, you say Not, to, what do you say to people who say that they recognize the risks, but you are taking it too far? There are parents who continue to, to have their children participate in youth sports, even though these headlines are out there. Um, do you accept the decision that they make, or do you try to make them more aware that the truth that you're aware of that you believe that they're, they're not paying attention uh, to? I have two answers to that. The first answer is there are different types of sports. These sports are not the only sports we have. <laughs> Children should play the non-contact sports. And in non-contact sports, like I said in my book, if you visit the International Olympics Committee website, there are so many of them. But quickly, I could give you a rundown. There's track and field. There's swimming, there is table tennis, lawn tennis, volleyball, badminton, basketball. Now, in these games, you can still have accidental injury. In the management of risk, what you do is you mitigate exposure to the risk 
and you regulate the activities to minimize accidental injuries as much as you could. But in the high-impact, high-contact sports, you cannot make them safe. So children should engage only in the non-contact sports because the non-contact sports will give your child everything football or ice hockey would give your child, but give your child even more. While football and ice hockey would damage your child's intelligence and rob your child of his mind, the non-contact sports will actually enhance your child's intelligence in addition to providing your child physical training and physical education. So the dilemma as adults for us when we want to watch professionals, people over 18 that choose to play these sports and watch the NFL and watch other sports that are contact sports, should we as a fan feel guilty that they made this decision while we're watching this to entertain us? How how do you advise people when it comes to that, when adults have made the decision to continue? Well, playing? you know, that my best not to be judgmental of anybody who has reached the age of consent. Um, you're afraid to do whatever you want to do, but in in, in the legal system, when you aid or abet a bad behavior, you're culpable. Okay, but this is legalistic. And also from a Christian perspective, do unto others what you want to be done unto yourself. If somebody is on the field receiving brain damage and you are cheering, that is the question we need to ask ourselves. Is that a Christian thing to do? But it's always been my standard not to judge adults as long as they have an educated and informed consent. Adults are free to do whatever they want to do. But for children, for children, as a society, as we have done historically, whenever we identify a potentially harmful factor, we protect the children from those factors. There was a time children smoked. But as soon as we identified smoking as a potentially harmful factor, we protected children from it. And in fact, we banned children from smoking. If you give a child a stick of cigarette, that is child abuse. There was a time children drank alcohol. In fact, in some cultures and some countries, children drink alcohol, but not in America because a glass of cognac, no matter how fine that cognac could be, has a potential to damage your child's brain. We prevent our children from drinking alcohol. Now, listen to this. If a child comes to you and asks you for a stick of cigarette, oh, mommy, 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 I want to smoke a stick of Marlboro. Of course, you tell him no. But that same 10-year-old child comes to you, mommy, 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 I want to play football. You place a helmet on his head and send him out to a field to play football, receive sub-concussions and concussions, which is more dangerous, a stick of cigarette or a concussion of the brain. Of course, a concussion of the brain. But as a society, we continue to intentionally expose children to the risk of permanent brain damage, and everybody is keeping quiet. As a physician, I have to attend every two years a class in child abuse, and I'm mandated by law to report every event of child abuse I witness. I must report it to the Child Protective Services. 
What is child abuse? It's defined as the intentional or unintentional exposure of a child to the risk of injury. That injury does not have to occur. For example, if I were to leave my seven-year-old son home alone and I go clubbing, and my neighbor notices and he calls the cops, I would be warned. I do it second, third time, I could lose custody of that child. Meanwhile, no injury has occurred on that child. But every day in America, we intentionally send children out to suffer sub-concussions and concussions. But because of conformational intelligence of society, everybody's keeping quiet. There are socioeconomic impacts. This is not just about health. The fertility rate of the developed world is dropping. We are having less children. Our children are becoming more precious commodities. In the global marketplace and in the global economy, we are subjecting a good proportion of our children to the risk of brain damage in sports. When these children become adults, they are more likely to be less competitive than children from other parts of the world. Would that place us in a position to lose our competitive edge? And, and doctor, so, doctor that, that's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show, is, is that it's important for parents to have all the information. Um, I wish we could have you on for two, three more hours if we had the time. I might uh, never watch TV again or go near a sports field, but I enjoy having you on. <laughs> and, and we hope that that, that uh, you will come back on our show sometime. Um, thank you again for, for giving us this much time, and, and uh, we, we wish you the best of luck with your new book. Yeah, thank you. I believe every parent should buy my book. Uh, it will help them answer this question. Do you love football more than you love your child? Well, we truly appreciate the time you gave us. You have a wonderful day, Doctor, and best of luck with the book. You too. Bye-bye. Thank Take you. care. Bye. Jeff, did he give us some stuff to think about or what? He gave us a lot of stuff to think about. You've, you've coached youth athletes. What was your reaction hearing him offer some of his opinions? It's controversial because he's suggesting that it's just a, a black line that Anybody under the age of 18 shouldn't play these sports, and I know a lot of parents who let their kids play these sports and think that they're generally safe and that there's more safety involved in it. But um, The doctor uh, does not agree. Uh, look, I love football. I really do. But I'm glad my son said that he didn't want to play it and that I didn't, wasn't put in this kind of situation. I only hope that my son has the lack of skill that I do, so it won't be an issue. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest sports. Stick with us. We'll have more to say when we come back. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3339 or visit on the web at www.NewJerseyShares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon residential landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Let me tell you, buying or selling a home is a life-changing decision. Whether you're looking for your first home or searching for your forever home, Ann Coons is the realtor you need. In fact, she helped my wife and I settle into our forever home. With over 30 years helping satisfied clients buy and sell homes in the Delaware Valley, Ann Coons will give you the professional and reliable service you deserve. 
When it's time to buy or sell a home in South Jersey or Philadelphia, contact Ann Coons, the only name you need to know in real estate. You can call Ann Coons today at 856-795-4709. Again, that's 856-795-4709. Or learn more on the web at www.annkoonsrealestate.com. This is the heart of sports. I'm Jason Springer here with Jeff Cohen. We were just talking in the break about how I should actually be hosting the show with Jeff's son because he knows more about sports than he does. You couldn't wait to come I from back from not. the break. In you? fact, we had to make sure that we worked in talking a little baseball so that you can talk about how your son knows more. So what happened? How'd you get suckered into going to a couple more minor league games? He want, he loves going to the minor league stadiums. We were going to go to a couple more, hopefully real close to here, so I don't have to drive. How that worked out for you? No, it didn't because he wanted to go see the Iron Pigs, which is a great show, but. But I said to him, you know, they're all going to be called up. And his response to me was, no, Carlos Toki's going to be called up to the Iron Pigs. I said, no, he's not. Twelve hours later, you text me, Carlos Toki's been promoted. <laughs> so you're going to the Iron Pigs. Yeah, uh-huh. So you're going to see and, and And now everybody listening knows my kid knows more about baseball than I do. I wanted to make sure that people understood the, the level of what I'm working with. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, <laughs> the look you're giving uh-huh. me right now. So uh, let's let's talk about my man crush for a second, Reese yeah. Hoskins. Yeah, playing well in the major leagues. Yes, he, except for the outfield. You really don't like him playing in the outfield, do you? No, I th- I, th- I putting play- players in positions that they've never played to get them on the field just seems counterintuitive to me. And remember, I was the guy who said. Tommy Josephs have deserved where he... This, well, so now this, he's batting seventh, which is basically just a participation trophy. Now, <laughs> it's like, thanks for hanging out and playing a game. It, it, it's like, look, if you're going to cut his legs out from under him repeatedly, j- just put him on the bench now. I mean, don't... He was the cleanup hitter, and all of a sudden he's batting seventh now, and he's not hitting. Your weekly Odubel Herrera report. How did uh, Odubel do this week? Well, he's injured, right? Fortunately, I got to see one of these mistakes in person, which was Odubel runs from first to second. There's a guy on third. Odubel stops at second. Who's on third? <laughs> and then just decides to run to third base. <laughs> and and much like when I coached eight-year-old kids, there were two guys on third base. <laughs> You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> no. I, the Phillies are frustrating. I mean, I, they just, not that I expected much different, but they are just a frustrating franchise to watch. The, they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of movement in the off season because they got to figure this out. They got to make sure that they get Williams and off there in the corners, whoever you want to put in center, figure it out. They're gonna have to figure out who's gonna play second base, Caesar and Kingery. They're gonna have to figure out Crawford versus Freddie. They got to figure out third base because Franco's disappeared this year. I know. I mean, what happened to him? I don't know. What ha- happened? Uh, do you was... remember Mike Sch- Mike Schmidt said he was going to be the MVP this <laughs> Seriously. year? Seriously, Schmidt's having a, a bad season <laughs> predicting here. That's true. <laughs> we we probably so. shouldn't go off of that. Um, what else happened in the Phillies world this week? Anything newsy? They they kept us all up late to lose a lot of games on yes, the West Coast. Yes, they lost a lot of games. They even did. even Aaron Nola lost. Aaron Nola did lose. Yeah. Um, but you know you see little bright spots with Williams and Hoskins. You there are things that you see that give you hope, but it's a continuing to wait for next season. Well, let's around the same time that we're watching pr- meaningless preseason games, we're now going to watch a month of meaningless regular season Philly games. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and and what you're doing is you're doing the same thing. You're looking for that bright spot. You you're know looking what, for development. You know what you made me realize? I what? do a lot of meaningless stuff. 
Yeah, you I do. watch meaningless you're not games getting those hours all back. the time. No, I yeah. can't get them back. The only good thing is that I do other stuff while I have it on in the background, so I'm not completely useless. I, though some may argue with that. If that makes you feel better. Some, some may argue with that take. Uh-huh. Okay, Sixers schedule's out. And you're a season ticket holder now, right? Yes, I am. Are you excited for the schedule? Well, I have to see which games I get because I only did a partial schedule. So then I'll decide. So you'll decide if you're excited based on the games you can go to. Is that, right. It's just what's in the best interest of Jeff Cohen. That's right. right. That's yeah. really all that matters. No, right? I think, look, I think the Sixers are going to be good. Vegas has them 50-50 shot of, of making the playoffs. Boy, which is like going out, on, going out on a limb there. 50-50 chance. You keep your fingers crossed. that, that you know, My son wrote me into watching there was this game in, in uh, South Africa. <laughs> did you see that? Where no. The, no, the the NBA players went over and played. Oh it was yeah, a, I did actually. Yeah, and, and I didn't see the game, but I saw the highlights. And, and they said Joel Embiid is there, and I turned on the game, and I kept waiting for about ten minutes for Joel Embiid no, to no, come in. No, no, he was in. just there. He was he was literally <laughs> he was just there. there and he I, was there, and then I angrily turned the TV <laughs> off that I had just wasted ten minutes, much like you do every night. <laughs> you were so disappointed. You thought you'd finally see him play, and you got nothing. Right, nothing to show for that. So time. that that's what I'm waiting for is whether I get to see, actually see these guys play. So so the league tried to make some changes this year. Uh, Which they, hopefully makes it a better chance that I'll see these guys. They did not like teams resting players, especially when there are primetime games that yes. advertisers are... We're not even coming to the games? <laughs> yes, like that San advertisers Antonio. are uh, paying for that time and yes. they want them to be games. So this whoa, is, whoa, whoa. You, you went straight to the advertiser, man of the people. That, that, this is that, I understand advertising pays the bills somewhat, but it's the fans. It's the fan that, look, Sixers tickets cost a fortune. So a a family that saves up to go to one game and LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Kevin or Michael Westbrook comes into town and sits for that game, you've now blown $400 between parking and food and tickets. That was passionate. Yes. And eloquent. You were going to say that you didn't finish your sentence. And it didn't factor into their decision making at all. It has nothing, their decision has nothing to do with whether you feel happy sitting in your seat because they feel like you're going to buy that ticket anyway. They care that people keep advertising. And if you want to feel Pollyannish and say it's because they want Jeff yes. to enjoy the game when he goes so there's a better quality product, I hate to rain on your parade, but I don't think it has anything to do with the fans. Just call me Polly. I, I don't, I mean, <laughs> do you really think that it has anything to do with the fans? Because I don't. I'd like to think it does. I, I don't. I'm not that naive anymore, I guess. <laughs> I may be the younger of us. Maybe but when I'm, I get maybe when I get older, I'll I'm be, a little I'll be more, as jaded as I you I guess are. I'm just jaded at yeah. this point that that I don't think that a lot of the decisions that are made are necessarily in the best interest of the fans. Well, though the at, NFL going to shorten way, breaks is yeah. something good for the fans. Look at it this way: you're saying it's the advertisers. Well, yes. the advertisers advertise to the fans. So without the fans, the advertisers aren't there. So ultimately, it is about the fan again. Are you just trying to tell yourself you're right? Is that what's that, going on here? That, You're that, arguing on that, the air. That, that was look. Uh, I, I that leave, was a throw I, me a bone here. Is that I, what you're I, looking for? I leave my firm a little bit early in order to come here and do this, and that was me being a lawyer for a couple it's, seconds. Yeah, nobody's any smarter for having heard that. Don't worry. <laughs> so the Sixers have just one back-to-back in their first 20 games. Yep. This is the first time in league history that no NBA team will play four games in five nights. Uh, they have the 11th most national TV games. If you add NBA TV, it's something like 23 games will be televised nationally. There's definitely a buzz around this team mm-hmm. when it comes to the NBA. 
playing on Christmas Day, playing in London. Yeah, that's a big Getting one. these national TV games. They're a fun, exciting team to watch. You know what's weird? With the NBA, the game in London is like a big deal. That's like a that's what you want to be on. Yet somehow the NFL <laughs> they banishes don't, they don't, their bad teams over to London. Sunday morning at 9 yeah. a.m. It's the always Jag- the Jaguars. And the Jaguars yeah. play. They're the home team in London. That's right. Uh, the One of the challenging parts is the Sixers, according to the rankings, actually have the toughest strength of schedule for October slash November and January. So, so you should go in December, February, so they're, March, they're gonna have a tough. You're going to see what you have with this team as they learn on the fly. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get to ease into what they have going on. They're going to have to go out on the floor. You're going to have young players. You're going to see mistakes made. And we're going to see what we have with this team. They're going to be exciting, I think. I, I'm looking forward to it. We can watch meaningless preseason basketball. That's more fun, though, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It, 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 well, it depends. Of course, you're the guy that was watching every summer, summer league. league game, too. Not watching, DVRing. Get it right, okay? If you're going <laughs> to call me out as a loser, make sure the people know how <laughs> well, big I really am. I was going to say, if that was an attempt to justify Let's it or make, make sure to better, clarify. No, no I wasn't okay. trying at all. Look, I have no preconceived ideas of what I am and what I'm not. <laughs> so I'm not going to paint myself as somebody. You're still is. watching summer league games, aren't you? No, I deleted from oh, the DVR. Okay. Once I realized that Simmons wasn't once? playing and, and Fultz was out, yeah. I, I didn't watch the replays. But I did DVR. So don't judge me. Don't you dare judge me. Uh, that already happened. Sorry. Let's talk a little college football. Are they professionals, Jeff? No. Well, I mean, I know why you're asking me this. You're asking me this because we were talking about two things. Josh Rosen. Uh, who people uh, have no idea who he is. He's a loudmouth quarterback from UCLA who okay. doesn't believe that there's, there is any connection between athletics and school and doesn't think that one should be related to the other. So, is he not taking but, a scholarship? Oh, he's taking a scholarship. Okay. If I was a, a I was professor, just checking. If I was a professor in his class, I'd be checking. This is homework because I'm guessing he's not doing it. Just seeing because they don't go together. Yeah. Look, I'm under no preconceived idea that these people are amateurs, okay? They can call themselves amateurs. And I know this is what bothers you. Again, you your utopian world of they are amateurs mm-hmm. and not athletes is, is being encroached upon No, no, here. not professionals. The, I know they're, ath- they're student athletes. And, and I... What I found are they? Inter- well, I, what I found interesting, or are they athletes who are students? I always hear that argument that they're student athletes, and I wonder whether they're student athletes or athletes who are students. I'll answer because that, there's a difference. I'll answer that that 97 percent of them are student athletes. I don't know which way to say it. 97% from what? I shouldn't ask you I know. math live on the radio. <laughs> you should say, Our poor listeners. God, thank God we're not on Facebook Live You've this coming week. out of Jeff's ears while <laughs> he right. tries to add two plus two. I was good at math. <laughs> uh, 90, uh, one of the coaches in response to Josh Rosen said that 97% of college football players do not go on to play professional sports. So for the 3% we're used to seeing, those guys say that, what Josh Rosen says, but for a large majority of student athletes, the student is more important. Athletics has given them the opportunity to play a sport and have an education paid for, which, Alex, if you're listening, you got to find something. Don't shame your, sh- <laughs> your son on the radio. That's not right well, to by, do. By the, well, since if you're going to do that, he did beat me at golf last week. so I'm not surprised uh, in the least. I know you're not. So he knows more about sports than you, and he's better, and he's better than, sports. than me. Yeah. So this has been an eye-opening show for our uh-huh. listeners. They've yeah. learned so much about your lack of anything. 
Hey. <laughs> so okay. Not anything. But there's part two. I can still of, better do a better argument than that. Th- there's part two of that though that bothers yeah. you with colleges, and it comes to transfers. The graduate transfer rule, which okay. was originally for guys that were injured and had another had another um, year of eligibility, so they could go on and they could still get a scholarship and start graduate school, which is now turned into every player who has a year of eligibility, which is most of them going to some other school for one more year so they can showcase their wares in the hopes of making a team. I don't even know if these guys go to school most of the time. Can I just enjoy college football? Why do I have to have these weighty subjects? I don't know how weighty a subject is. If there's a guy that played at Rutgers and was, You wouldn't be talking about him on the radio. Don't even try to no, act like well, you that, care enough to true. talk they're about not, him on not, the radio. Nobody's rushing to pick him up for a year. Be, but, be honest. But, <laughs> but, if, but if Rutgers had a good quarterback okay, at let's, some point. I'll, I'll play that one okay, with you. And, and played for three years and then had one year left as a graduate transfer and then went over. Who's Rutgers' rival? Anybody well, now in the Big Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then went to Michigan Don't you have for a to year. win to be a rival? Like, yes. is it a rivalry if you just well, get beat all the be, time? To be fair, they did win one. <sighs> My poor kid. Yeah. And it's going to be a long time. <sighs> just don't, don't... Don't make him a fan? No. It's not right to do to him? Jeff Collins, can you send Jason's <laughs> the Temple t-shirt? <laughs> the Temple package? <laughs> My brother might get it for him. He went to Temple. Oh, okay. He could do that. Yeah. We got our last minute. What are you going to be watching out for this weekend and in the coming week? Well, I'm hoping to see if I can get down and see Vidal. Okay. Um... You give I, us a report afterwards? If I go, yes, I will. Uh, and it's going to be victory. Quick, okay. quick one. Quick one. Yeah. And then Watch out for the body shots. Uh, <laughs> it's dangerous. The, maybe the Phillies if I could stay up that late. <laughs> it's, and, it's, and then the PGA Tour, which contrary to your you know, numbers about uh They're drawing ratings. some of the lowest ratings that they've had in years. It's the, something that it's we'll talk so about It's so much in more future. competitive, though. It, the golf may be better, but people mm-hmm. aren't necessarily watching. We'll yeah. talk more about it in the coming weeks. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week on The Heart of Sports. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.